Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. I hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shaken Awake, episode number 56. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in with us today, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing right this very moment. Uh, it means everything to me to share the messages that God has laid on my heart to share with you. And as always, I promise you another great show. But more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord, not just another podcast episode. And a quick ask of you if you find value in these episodes, would you take 20 or 30 seconds after the show to uh, to submit a quick review and a rating in your app or device that you use to listen? Um, this would help uh, confirm to other listeners that it could also bring value to them. If you could do that for me, if and only if you find value in these episodes, that would be awesome and I, I can't thank you enough. Also, to those that already have, um, God bless you, the, um, the comments are... Uh, they're from the heart, I can tell, and they're just uh, they're they're great, and I I, I can't appreciate you know I can't thank you enough. Um, so without further delay, let's get ready to invite God in with us uh, right here, right now, and allow Him to speak to our uh, hearts and minds. Uh, today's topic is on: Does an atheist have greater belief and faith than you? And I know this sounds crazy, like such a, a bizarre theme for a Christian podcast and, and a crazy title, right? It's as crazy sounding as as it is a reality, unfortunately. And what, what do I mean by a greater faith and belief? You know, I, I, I thought they didn't have faith and, and didn't believe. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're thinking that. Oh, but they do. And it's scary to know that, that most atheists or many uh, are more vocal on their faith and belief than today's Christians are or supposed Christians, I guess would be a better title. And before I even begin, I want to say, and I, you know, I don't believe I ever said this in any prior episode that with these, you know, this episode and every episode I've created to date with uh, God and the Holy Spirit's help and guidance, I'm always speaking to myself first. I'm always speaking to myself first. Yeah, I'm talking to myself first and you, the audience, second. I, I've either been convicted recently, uh, in the past, or going. Or I'm, I'm going through something. And so I, I write about it as the Lord is helping me through it or has helped me to overcome or go through it. So it's now 44 years into my life and, 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 and God, through the Holy Spirit, are... Uh, simply put, downloading information and and wisdom to me that I, I had never known. Most of most all is right in the Bible. I just never took notice, and and nor did any church ever speak about it. Or it's now being given to me as I'm living the life He's prepared for me here on Earth, and He's speaking to me and and teaching me things, answering questions, providing answers to questions I didn't even know I had. If that, if that makes any sense, so. This is yet another reveal that he's given me lately that's that's my own conviction, my own um, shaming, if you will. I'm, I'm getting to believe and understand it. it's also his way of shaking me awake or in, in, in other terms, kicking my butt into shape. He's not allowing me to stay complacent or comfortable like I had been my whole life. 
He wants me to keep running his race that he's laid out for me, not my race that I've laid out for myself. And so I believe as some of you may be now in a state of a groove or a flow that seems right and and for the most part is, but it's not gaining any momentum. It's not driving the results for the kingdom that it could be if you don't change, if I don't change direction, course, action, right, mentality, tenacity, intensity. Do you, do you understand where I'm coming from? So I, I noticed that atheists, and listen, when I say atheists, I'm referring to those that do not believe there is a God as well as those that don't care if there is one or not. Okay, they have their own beliefs and they're not compelled to seek out, believe or deny the existence of God. They just don't care. So to me, they're, they're both in the same category. And I noticed that those that don't believe tend to have a strong belief and faith in something, just not in God, our God, the only God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They're convinced that this life is all there is. And perhaps they'll reincarnate when they die, as many believe. Uh, perhaps they just simply turn to ash and bone and exist nowhere, uh, just kind of cease to exist any longer. Some some believe we'll be alive in the universe somewhere in another dimension, and many others don't even think of the afterlife. They set their days every day on, on themselves and what makes them happy, what makes them content, right? What what makes them move toward whatever goals they have for themselves. They are determined to um, to a great degree to just to live towards their beliefs and faith in what they trust most. And usually it's themselves and, and those around them. Everyone except for Christians and of course our Lord. So according to Pew Research Center, it's one of the largest research companies globally in a uh, 2019 study they stated the vast majority of U.S. atheists say religion is not too or not at all important in their lives, 93%, and that they seldom or never pray, 97%. At the same time, many do not see a contradiction between atheism and pondering their place in the world. So about a third of American atheists say they think about the meaning and purpose of life at least 35%. And that they often feel a deep sense of spiritual peace and well-being. It was about 31% of them. In fact, the religious landscape study shows that atheists are more likely than U.S. Christians to say that they often feel a sense of wonder about the universe. 54% versus 45%. Okay, so the literal definition of atheist is a, is a person who does not believe in the existence of a God or any gods, according to uh, Merriam-Webster. And the vast majority of U.S. atheists fit this description. 81% say they do not believe in God or a higher power or in a spiritual force of any kind. So over, overall, 10% of American adults share this view. And at the same time, roughly one in five self-described atheists, that's about 18%, say they do believe in some kind of higher power. None of the, athe uh, the atheists that, that this Pew Research Center surveyed say they believe in the quote-unquote God as described in the Bible. So what really compelled me as of late is the realization that I see more camaraderie as a whole in their entirety, more cohesiveness, more agreeability, more joy, although it's not spiritual or, or better put from God, 
in their lives and actions than I do, again, as a whole, in most professing Christians' lives. Yes, you heard me right, and you're probably shaking your head in dismay and disagreement with me as you're as you're listening to me right now. A few of you are likely right in alignment and know right where I'm headed as you're seeing this in today's society. We find ourselves in right now, right now in the current moment. There seems to be more peace and stability and joy in the lives of atheists than professing Christians. They have no Bible to argue about. They have no God or Jesus Christ or Holy Spirit to uh, disagree about or contend with, or so they believe. They have comfortable cliques and circles that they stay within. They love the world and the world loves them just as the Bible states, just as Jesus stated in Matthew 24. Today's society is as they were in the days of Lot. They're they're married, they're drinking, they're partying, making lots of money, living their best life as they claim and making every day as fun and profitable as they can. However, I, I cannot say the same about the majority of professing Christians as a whole. And I'd wager neither can you. And I'm not speaking directly to you in particular or in your church or in your circle of Christian friends. And I'm not claiming you're a professing Christian versus a true Christian either. Again, and as always, if the shoe fits, kick it off. And if you want proof, just join an online and dare I say a Christian Facebook group. Stay in it at least a week and read the posts in the comments. You'll see some of the worst hypocrisy, foolishness, blasphemy, hatefulness, anger, biblically incorrectness, and just outright cold-hearted individuals you will have ever met. These are those I speak of. It's bad, guys. It's really bad. It's not just one or two or three groups. It's just about all of them. The larger the group, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 100,000 plus members. And it feels like you finally know what Jesus was referring to when he used the term brood of vipers to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These are worse And I'm not saying every member or every professing member, but a significant majority. Then you go and and join a few non-Christian groups. Like, I'm in a few uh, guitar groups because I'm into playing guitar and I like to have a little guitar fun every once in a while. They're peaceful. They're happy. They're friendly. They get along. They're helpful towards one another. They provide uh, uh, assurance and constant pats on the back and compliments galore. Why? Because they're good and faithful servants of the Lord and are true Christians? No, most are not. The significant majority are in the atheists category. Trust me, I'm there. Yet what they believe and have faith in is enough to reflect Christian-like action and demeanor. Guys, it's flip-flopped. Something's not right with this picture. They come across as true Christians while the professing Christians come off as atheists. Same goes for any for, for, for any out, other outside group. If you don't believe me, go join a few, uh, you know, just a few of each. Many of you already do and, and, and see this happening. There's no doubt why they don't wish to convert to Christianity. Most will never read their Bibles. They read Christians. 
and other Christians that don't read their Bibles. They read atheists and Christians. And to be 100% as transparent and honest as I always am, if I was an atheist, I would never want to be a Christian either. I'd stay as far away from so-called Christians as I could. Of course, that'd be solely based on what I see, right? What I gather or conclude by just witnessing how they act versus how others, atheists, would act. And, and here's what's even worse or just as bad. Many professing Christians don't stand out from the world. You wouldn't know they believe in a God called God. You wouldn't know or even believe they read the Bible or go to church. Why? Because they don't act any different. Nothing separates them. From the rest of the world, they blend in. And what's worse, they're standing out now looking more confused and at war with one another's theology than atheists are. How is that for pathetic irony? So why do atheists seem today more put together than many professing Christians? Uh, because they're not trying to pretend to, to be something they're not. Yeah, you heard me right now. I'm, I'm going to repeat that. Someone needs to hear this. It's because they're not trying to pretend to be something they're not. They are who they are. and They don't put on a mask. They don't give themselves a label because they attend an occasional hour-long service on a Sunday. They're not lukewarm and despised by Jesus enough for him to vomit them out of his mouth because they're just flat-out cold. They're getting the best this life and this world have to offer them. And they're responding in kind. Heck, some even worship the world and the atmosphere around us, including the universe. They're that appreciative. And as Jesus said many times about many groups, they have their reward here because they will not receive one in the kingdom of God. So their best life is in and of this world because their next will be eternal torment and punishment that will never end. So that's why it's so critical, perhaps more so today than ever, in history to witness and preach the gospel to the lost. There's hope in Jesus Christ until they take their last breath here on earth. That last breath will be the best breath they have ever had or ever will for eternity, no matter in what manner they, they perish. Isn't that a horrible thought? No, isn't that a horrible reality? What are we going to do to reach them as Jesus commanded us to? So where does that leave the rest of us Christians? What are we doing with our faith and our beliefs? What are we doing to run the race that he has set before us? Are we even on the same track anymore? Are we even in the same state as we were when we were first saved? Are we any different than before we first believed? Are we worse? Are we following the Bible? Are we following the two greatest commandments that Jesus spoke of daily? To love God with every fiber of our being? and to love others as ourselves and to serve, not be served. I'm talking to me here. Every day I wake up, every day you wake up, it's God giving you and I another day to what? What would be your answer if I turn that into a question? Let's, let's do it. Mr. or Mrs. Listener, every day that God gives you another day on his earth, what is it you choose to do with it? What is it that God wants you to do with each day that he gives you as a gift from him to you. Because that's exactly what it is. A gift from him to you. To do his will. 
Jesus said that only those that do the will of the Father will inherit the kingdom. Do you think he was exaggerating? Do you think he was just in a bad mood and, and said that out of frustration? No. Like everything he said. And that is in the, it's written in the word. It's 100% true. Doesn't matter if we agree or like it. It's true. First Timothy 5.8 says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. Those are some strong words written by the Apostle Paul. Worse than an unbeliever. Why would Paul speak in such a manner? You know, regarding this particular verse, it was once well, once written that the Christian who falls below the best heathen standard of family affection is more blameworthy since he has what the heathen has not which is the ultimate example of love in Jesus Christ. And that quote is, is very helpful because it applies to more than just how we care for our family. We have the ultimate example of love in Jesus Christ to guide us as we relate to our neighbors. We have the ultimate example of love in Jesus Christ to guide us as we relate to our coworkers. We have the ultimate example of love in Jesus Christ to guide us as we relate to our enemies. We have the ultimate example of love in Jesus Christ to guide us as we relate to our church family. And we have the ultimate example of love in Jesus Christ to guide us as we relate to authority. The list is endless. You fill in what's missing. The point is that we have the ultimate example of love in Jesus Christ that should determine how we interact with all people. Tall standards, right? Love always raises the bar and asks us to respond in ways that stretch us, that inconvenience us, and sometimes exhaust us. So as you think about what I've shared, perhaps you want to think about your own family or those on the list uh, that, I, that I just spoke of. Ask God to show you what it would look like to love them as Christ would. Then ask him to help you do it. Lastly, I want to read you 12 verses and stay connected. Don't disconnect yet because this is the most important part of today's episode and it comes from the word uh, the word of God. The following verses no one ever shared with me at church growing up. In fact, perhaps that's one of the many reasons I discarded Jesus for most of my life. I thought, again, I said this before, I thought John 3.16 covered me no matter what I did or didn't do. Had I known these, then perhaps I would have taken God more seriously and my professing faith and belief then, for I was worse than an unbeliever and would be in hell this very day had I died any time between August 20th of 1977 and April 7th of 2019. So here we go. Revelations 3, 15 to 16. I know your deeds, that you're neither hot or cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am going to spit you out of my mouth. 1 John 2, 15 to 17, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of, the, of God abide, abideth forever. Titus 1, 16, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. 
They're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Matthew 7, 21 to 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I, Jesus, will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? 1 Corinthians 13, 2, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. 2 Corinthians 13.5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? Isaiah 29.13, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Wow. First John 3, 8 to 10. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Hebrews 10, 26, if we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. Two more verses, James 4, 4. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. And finally, Matthew 10, 38. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So in closing, my final statement is this. Many will go before God and they will be denied heaven and God's wrath will be upon them. You know, if any of the following resonate with you personally, today is the day to repent and get as close to God as you can so he can become as close as you'll allow him to be. If you only come to God when you have a problem, your Christianity is what can God do for you? How can he make your life better? You don't obey the word of God and even try to twist scripture to justify sin. You call obeying the Bible legalism or radical. You think you're a Christian because you do good deeds or go to church. So you live like a devil six days a week, but are holy on Sunday. You compromise with the world because it's the most popular choice. You only want to be a Christian because you're afraid of hell. You have no repentance. You're not truly sorry for your sins, nor do you really want to change. 
You think you're saved because you compare yourself to others around you rather than comparing yourself to Jesus and what the Bible says. You never or rarely share your faith. You care more of what others think rather than the Lord. You don't have new desires for Christ and never did or only once did in the past. You're not willing to make sacrifices. If you do make sacrifices, it will be close to nothing and it won't affect you at all. You like to say or think things like, do not judge. So my final question to you is this. Have you ever convinced yourself that you don't have to give up something that clearly conflicts with your faith? Periods of compromise don't automatically make you a lukewarm Christian, but a continued pattern of behavior without repentance, which reveals a lack of commitment to God, does. Do you have more faith and belief in God than an atheist who doesn't? And how do you know? So before we end uh, today's show, I just want to thank you all again for tuning in And I hope you were touched by today's message and scripture. If you'd like to reach out to me, please call me directly uh, or text me at 407-493-3208. Email me at ben at shaken-awake.com or just check out the show at shaken-awake.com. Next week, tune in next Sunday or whenever you're able. How do you fully surrender to God. And I will also share some exciting news about additional podcast or podcasts. Yes, that's plural that I'll be starting and it may surprise some of you. So next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. Thank you all for joining. Until take uh, next week, take great care of yourself and each other and God bless you all. 